Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the DFS Streamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore over there on Twitter as well. And don't forget to follow my friend and my DFS expert, my consultant, my consultant each and every, every week. It's Pierre at PWE31 over there on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Pierre? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Had a had a decent, solid week. Uh, week okay. one didn't go as planned. Week two went a little more as planned. So uh, right. hopefully week three will will kind of be more similar to, to week two than it was week one. <laughs> Definitely. I had a better week last week, too. And, and you know what we do here uh, is an early look at the main slate on the DraftKings board. We, we take a, just an early look. We, we look at these things, kind of get our reaction here on Tuesday afternoon a little bit of, of what the games are to come. And it's a big slate today, Pierre, so we've got to really jump in there. And, and you talked about week two being a better week for you. It was a better week for me as well. Uh, but I do want to congratulate you on finishing third on our DFS Dreamer uh, <laughs> podcast contest, our DraftKings contest that we have each and every week. We can connected over there onto the tweet that gets put out about the show. And I, I don't know how to put a link in on the podcast notes because we put the podcast notes out early and then the link gets put out later on in the afternoon. But you can always check out Pierre or myself if you want to get any uh, tips on how to enter into that contest. And it's always fun to have that contest. And it's cool to see those reoccurring names, Pierre. But good job getting third last week. Yeah, I see where this is going and I'm not I'm not taking the bait, but I appreciate that. Uh <laughs> I did come out in the green, so I, I came out in the green there. Really, overall, I had a really good day overall, and uh, you can go ahead and continue with your setup on me being third. Well, no, I, I was just going to say we had the same. You told me that we had the same repeat champion again for that contest, which is pretty cool to see somebody uh, get that two weeks in a row. I can't remember his name. But you, you told me it. Jodio, Jodio78, 176.68. Uh, came in first again. Uh his quarterback, close to my heart, uh, Carson Wentz, was his quarterback there. Uh, he he stacked him up with McLaurin and Dotson uh, and Logan Thomas. So he he oh, kind of went with the triple. He went Washington onslaught there. Uh, ran it back with Amon St. Brown, who was pretty pretty highly uh, owned and rostered there. I had him as well. Uh, then he rounded it out with Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Drake London with the Falcons. Uh, pretty good there uh, with the mop-up duty. Uh, with the Rams and then the Bengals defense, who a lot of people were on, uh, that we talked about at 2,200. That's definitely a contrarian pick to put London in there, but great foresight as far as the game script goes to be able to be playing from behind a little bit uh, because Atlanta was being blown out in that game, and so that that was really smart. That's a good job, good good lineup by him. I agree, I agree, and that's what that's what you gotta kind of do to be contrarian at times. Uh, you, you usually just want to stick to to one game if you can get that right. Um, so obviously he, he did that with uh, the commanders and the lions and then for his one-offs, you know, uh, Drake London, really everyone expected the, the Rams to, to kind of blow out the, the Falcons and it started off that way. It felt like, but the Falcons kind of made that push late and, and London was a part of that and he kind of reaped the benefits. Definitely. Uh, and it was cool for us. And I know where you were talking about earlier, I finished second in that contest. Yeah. You finished third. So that, that was fun. And it came down to the the last game too, Vegas versus Arizona. And I was sitting there watching it and I'm going, oh, that little weasel Pierre, he's going to catch me because uh, <laughs> Vegas got the ball in overtime. I was really not rooting for overtime, but they got the ball in overtime. And I think I had Dorch going and you had, you had uh, Redfro going in overtime. I can't remember the exact Way it, way it shook out, but then they hit it red fro a couple of times, and he ended up fumbling. Out. It was back to me laughing. I had George too, but yeah, I had Renfro and back to back. So at the end of regulation, uh, he fumbled, but they I think they got it back. But then uh, yeah, they fumbled in overtime. Arizona picked it up, ran it back for a touchdown. Game over. No more moving up in the standings for me. <laughs> but it was fun to watch that. And it is amongst friends, and we're having fun in that DFS Dreamer contest. So please go ahead and enter in. Get in it early if you can. Uh, we have It's opened up to only 15 people. We just we just do it at 15 because if you, you got to roll over and stuff. I don't know. It gets complicated. Pierre said the rules go after 15. you got to get a higher bracket or something. So if we have to, we'll open up another contest if we get an outpouring of crowd. But, hey, listen, we got this Baltimore-New England game to start us off with, Pierre, on this main slate. Mm-hmm. And this game total is at 43. Ravens are favored by three. Three points in this one. I'll tell you what I'm doing, Pierre, in this one. 
Okay. I, I I am actually taking New England to win this game, and I want I like the over. I think this is a sneaky little over in this game. That Baltimore Ravens defense, especially the secondary, banged up a little bit, but man, they got to be tired after chasing all those Dolphins around the field at the end of the second <laughs> half last week. But you know they they're just not that good. They're just not that good. They've given up some big points over the last couple of weeks, and so I I don't mind picking on New England in this game. Yeah, um, Baltimore's defense has kind of been below average dating back a couple of years. So even last year, at least early on, like the first few weeks last year, a lot of points scored against them. And then as the season kind of progressed, their secondary got better. I am worried about New England's offense though. Um, so even with it being the Ravens matchup, the the, the Patriots offense hasn't looked really great. Uh, obviously McDaniels is now in Vegas. Uh, they're kind of rotating with, you know, Patricia kind of taking the helm at offensive coordinator right now. So looking at this, I don't know if I'm going to think it's going to go over 43 and a half is what I'm showing here. Ravens favorite by three. Ugh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have much of this game outside of Lamar, obviously uh, Andrews. Belichick's going to take away either him or Bateman. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's going to happen. Then on the new England side, uh, me and, and Mr. Rob Norton, uh, Baby Bo uh, creator, were talking about uh, Myers. Uh, just here earlier, Jacoby Myers and how no one plays him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's at 5K. Uh, so if there is someone on the Patriots, I take a shot on it. Probably will be uh, Jacoby Myers. Uh, you saw, you know, pretty good action last week. He had nine for 95 uh, when it came to the receptions. He had six targets a week before against Miami. So Jacoby Myers at 5K. Probably the one Patriot um, I would play. They're still splitting the backfield, so I may stay away from that. Sure. Uh, Hunter Henry p- potentially, but I just I don't like this game. I don't think as much as you. No, well, and I don't. I'm not falling in love with this game, and definitely I'm thinking about playing Lamar Jackson a uh, little bit naked there, just because. I do think that New England's defense is strong enough to be able to take away at least one of those targets. So I'm not sure which one the other target will be. You know what I mean? I, I just don't yeah. know. And and it's definitely not going to be Devin Duvernay. He, he's fool's gold out there. I, I, the amount of targets he gets each week, he does have production with the targets. It seems like he gets touchdowns, but even that one was on a kick return last week. So Duvernay, to me, is, is fool's gold. I don't mind likely as a nice little flyer to me if I'm trying to jam in some kind of tight end under mm-hmm. 3K. And he's at 2,800. He's seen five five snaps, four snaps, that kind of thing. And if, if New England is trying to take somebody away or, you know, take Andrews away, which is the main target for where uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, especially around the goal line, likely might be that guy to be able to get that. I, I don't know. He, he, I got that sneaky inclination, you know, to get a likely in there. <laughs> well, I likely won't be playing him, but I hope it works out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love what you said about Myers. The 5K, he got 13 targets last week. They're throwing the ball all over the field. It's w- really weird to see that in New England, but they did last week anyway, and that trend may continue as they face Baltimore. So that's what I was thinking. Uh, Kansas City at Indianapolis, Pierre. I hate to bring this game up because I know that this is tough for you, but uh, this game totals at 49 and a half. Kansas City is favored by six. And- <laughs> That side got me. Kansas City is favored by six and a half, and I hate to say it, buddy, but I'm taking Kansas City to cover this one. They've had 10 days to think it over. They've had 10 days to watch some film. As long as they don't overlook Indianapolis, and I'm not trying to be slapping around anybody or anything, I think that they're going to really cover this one, and uh, this could be a long day for Matt Ryan. I I just – I don't know what we're doing. Like, we we look awful. The Colts look awful. Like – you, you, you see how we ended the season in Jacksonville, a disgrace. They they blamed, you know, Carson Wentz for being honest. I said it wasn't his fault. It was kind of a team effort, and it kind of showed last week. Sure. But, you know, this isn't this isn't the homer in me, but this is the kind of game that the Colts will win. Yeah, because, no, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're the, the laughing stock of the NFL right now. You got Mahomes coming off of, you know, two – Two pretty pretty good wins, you know. Obviously, over the Chargers was a big one. Uh, one week one as well, kind of ran away with that. So against Arizona, but this is the game first home opener uh, for the Colts. They should have Michael Pittman Jr. back uh, as possible. Shaquille uh, used to be Darius Leonard back. This is the kind of game that the the Colts will end up winning. Not saying they are going to win, but that's just how the NFL works. Where a team's counted out, they're they're made fun of. Um, and then they come around and they they knock off a team. I guarantee they cover. So right now, six and a half, 
If there's one cover this week, it's going to be the Colts covering that six and a half. That's for sure going to happen. Uh, but I think they could win this game. And I don't think a lot of people will be on them because of how bad they looked uh, last week uh, against Jacksonville and really that first half against Houston as well. I do have a note here. It says this This reminds me of a Ryan bounce back week. I think it's going to be a long day for him ultimately, because. but I had one initial note that said this could be a Ryan bounce back week. Mm-hmm. And then I had to check Pittman's status, and I see that Pittman might possibly play. If Pittman doesn't play, I don't think that it's possible at all. This yeah, Colts true. defense... This Colts defense made Trevor Lawrence look efficient, okay? 25 of 30 last week, 235 yards, two touchdowns, and a lot of those went to Ingram. Seven of eight for 46 yards last week, a good little fantasy day. So I could see Mahomes and Kelsey just chewing this team up uh, left and right. I don't want to play anybody else really from uh, Kansas City because those the wide receivers, I can't decide which one I'd want to play, and I don't think that Kansas City can decide which one's going to be fantasy relevant right now either. Uh, and the running back situation – I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scored the last couple of weeks, and I know he had a great game last week, but when you look at the snaps, when you look at the red zone, when you look at those kind of things, I can't really trust him that much because he's not getting the play. McKissick is in there quite a bit on passing downs, on third downs. I can't I can't just put go all in on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, especially at that price point. Yeah, it's, it's tough, um, but he's he's been solid. I mean, I, I got to give him credit. Uh, when it comes to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's he's been solid. Uh, Mahomes is spreading the ball around more, so there's no Tyreek, obviously, but it's not just the Kelsey the Kelsey show. He's he's spreading it to you know the running backs. You you mentioned you know Jarek McKinnon. He's coming in. He's getting some action. Alaire's getting action. You, you got the receivers. There's no one just standing out. It's not you know the Juju right. Smith Schuster show. He's right. he's dumping it to Juju. He's going to Hartman here or there. Uh, I think Noah Gray, the the third string tight end, had like three targets, two catches. So he's spreading the ball around. So really, any week it could be anyone. Uh, but right now, the the consistency has been obviously Kelsey and then Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And you've seen his price jump up from fifty four hundred to fifty nine hundred, up to sixty three hundred. He's gotten fifteen or more. You need around a little bit over eighteen to get there. Uh, We mentioned how bad those defense has been to to Trevor Lawrence, uh, even Davis Mills to an extent. So I wouldn't discount him. I I do like other running backs better than him. But if you if you're going to stack this game, for example, uh, he's a good piece to have. Yeah, and I just can't. I, I I mean, I could see him getting to 18, but I can't trust him getting to 18 uh, DK points. So that's what it is. Hey, on the other side of things, of course, we're going to put Pittman in there. He's a stud, and I'd play him if I was playing Ryan, that negative game script kind of a thing going on here. The second guy, though, Doolin. Dolan? Is that how you say his name? Doolin, Ashton Doolin. Doolin, man, he is emerging as the number two wide receiver there, and I've seen Matt Ryan be able to support two wide receivers because he's always thrown from behind <laughs> after he throws two yeah. interceptions. You know, and I, I'm not trying to be, just he can Let's do keep that. Taking shots, Let's keep taking shots. <laughs> but Doolin is is at thirty nine hundred, and his price has gone up from thirty two hundred. But he scored eight DraftKings points and then thirteen DraftKings points last week, and of course those target shares were at seven last week whenever Pittman was hurt. But it was six the week before, and I'll tell you, Paris Campbell. Nothing, nothing. I mean, nothing. I'm, I'm just going to Doolin. He's got Ryan's eye, and so that's that's where I'm going if I'm going to take a shot on a wide receiver under 4K. Yeah, he's about the only one that showed up, uh, so you're, you're spot on. I do expect Pittman to be back, so I'm not sure he'll get the target share that he saw uh, without Pittman uh, Jr. on the field, but Doolin was definitely the guy. Um, I had a couple of Twitter conversations as well because a lot of folks thought it was going to be Paris Campbell, but when you looked at the projections and when you looked at the – the percentage of targets he got week one, he got six targets week one in Houston, and he only played 37% of the snaps. So yep. with that going up, you knew his targets should go up with it, and it did. So I expect him to, to maybe emerge as that second wide receiver, which is kind of depressing because I feel like we need a better second wide receiver than Ashton <laughs> Doolin. But, I mean, you got to go with what you got. Yes, you do. And and right now, Paris Campbell's got a big zero. That's all I know. So it ain't going to be Paris Campbell, okay? Uh, New Orleans at Carolina. This game total is at 40 and a half for this one. <laughs> New Orleans is favored by three points. I, I'm going to take New Orleans in this one, and I'm going to take them to cover. Uh, or, you know, cover this. And I, wa- I like the over as well in this game. I do think it go go over, if not just New Orleans all by itself. Man, uh, it looks like Carolina is just a mess right now. I do, I, this is a low point total, but I like it to go over. I like Winston. I like Michael Thomas at 5900 Seems like a bargain price here. And Olave, I love that little stack of a Winston, a Thomas, and an Olave 
both of them have got so much to offer. Yeah, and I mean, Alave, the targets on him, he got like 13 targets. Yeah. Last game, which was insane. And, and Jameis even said in the post game that he missed him a few times. So if he if he thinks that, you know, that that's going to be a, a matchup that he can take advantage of moving forward, you really got to like Chris Alave at that price. Uh, as you mentioned so far, Michael Thomas still still on the field, still staying healthy. Uh, that's part of the battle with him. So if he can keep that up, he's a he could be a top receiver. He's shown it in his past. The the issue is him staying on the field. So tougher matchup. You know, Carolina still a stingy, stingy defense. Um, that's the the tough part here. But there's just talent. There's talent on the field, both sides. Thomas Olave, Landry, we could see Kamara come back uh, from a running back standpoint, which is going to give Jameis weapons. Uh, you still got Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore on the Carolina side. So if these teams, you know, can can kind of get hot, and uh, the quarterbacks don't make mistakes. Uh, I, I definitely agree that this could be a an over type of game. Fantasy-wise, I'm not sure who I'll have just because I think both defenses can be good as well, mm-hmm. which could be why that 40.5 is there. But I see the potential uh, with the, the guys on the field for sure. Yeah, and and this is, uh, you know, I would like to stack up Thomas and Olave, especially if Kamara doesn't play. And I'm not sure if he will or not, but uh, that is definitely in my repertoire. And I don't, I do not like any of those Carolina Panthers. Uh, I said that that team is in flux right now. I'm not sure what the coaching staff is doing, uh, doing all those things. But zero plays, so much time shared. Nobody's, uh, they they're not even getting CMC active and involved in the game. It doesn't feel like. And as far as the wide receivers go, nobody is emerging there as a go-to target for Baker Mayfield. I agree. And I mean, the, this is a big year for Baker. You know, Cleveland kicked him to the curb and, you know, Darnold went down. So it's kind of his show in, in Carolina. If, if he can't really perform uh, last year of his, I think his rookie contract, he, he could be in trouble and right back on the, the, the free agent market after this season. Houston at Chicago, you talk about a team that is not performing. <laughs> Holy cow, those Chicago Bears. I sat there and I watched that game on Sunday night. And I was kind of into it, you know, at first a little bit. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the screen. I'd see Aaron Rodgers look all a little sad. Hey, poor little Aaron, poor little Aaron. You know, I, was, I mean, I was talking back to the screen. I was talking to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I knew boy. he was going to make me shut it up after a little bit, but uh, I was talking to him. And then the next night, I'm sitting there watching Jalen Hurts, and I'm thinking, you know, Jalen, Jalen Hurts. And uh, Fields, they, they they shouldn't be that far apart from one another. Both of them can do. They both have a similar game set uh, as far as being able to run. And, and Chicago's just making it look so difficult. Chicago is playing to not lose a game. Eberflus is on the hot seat here to me. Eberflus <laughs> is on the hot seat. I'm saying it right now. Hey, this game totals at forty and a half, though. I I would want to take the over in this one mm-hmm. because I don't like either one of these defenses at all. Uh, I think Chicago can cover the two and a half. I think I might be able to finally see them go two and one. Uh, they might be able to beat Houston, uh, but I'm really too close to this game to be able to pick this one too too well. Lovey Smith coming back to Chicago, of course, and then my heart's with the Bears, and then my heart's with my Houston Texans as well, because <laughs> we all know <laughs> oh, I like yeah. I like them. We all know I like them a little bit. So yeah, I, I remember that now. So interesting matchup for you. Man, these these are these are early games. So far, it's kind of brutal yeah. the ones we've touched on. But I think I lean the Bears. Um, it's frustrating uh, not seeing Fields air the ball out. Um, you know, a lot of folks taking you know Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, and redrafts, yep. and they're he's they're not throwing it. And nope. part of that you could say whether there was some some rain, uh, really a lot of rain that that first game there against the 49ers, and there was a drizzle. Uh, they're Green Bay as no, well, but no, uh, <laughs> no excuses I'm to help here. You out here. No excuses. I'm to they played not so. to lose the game. They, I mean, they they, yeah. they tucked the ball in their pocket and they just didn't allow him to throw the ball. They're like, we're going to keep it close. We're going to keep it close. And man, just, that's a terrible game script for us. And not a lot of defense on the field in this one, and not a lot mm-hmm. of fantasy production is what I'm thinking. Well, and as we touch on, like usually these are the some of the situations you you can take advantage on because everyone's thinking Bears are conservative, Bears stink. You know, play the Bears. You know, Mooney's only 5,300. Uh, looks like uh, Equinemia St. Brown has a solid, you know, connection with, with Fields. You can you can play him. Cole Komet, you know, maybe they throw him the ball. You know, maybe he actually gets a target you know, at some point. Uh, 3,400. You look at Fields, he has a, a solid price at 56. Plus, he has some rushing upside. Um, he projects the run about 11 times. We'll see if that, that plays out. But you look at just the situation – Texas aren't great, though their their defense has kind of been solid against the Colts, the Broncos. So far, how good are the Colts and Broncos? 
not very good. It doesn't appear, but it's just one of those situations that you you could take advantage of the Bears with everyone thinking, you know, they they stink. They're not going to throw the ball. Eberflus needs to be gone, even though they're one and one right now. So those are situations you can take advantage of and should look to take advantage of when it comes I, to DFS. I, I I don't mind playing David Montgomery right now. I know he's one of those consistent guys. He's at 5,900, uh, and he's getting about 20 touches per game, it feels mm-hmm. like. And, and that first game was a rain game, and it was really kind of weird, so I wanted to push that off to the side. But I saw his usage last week, and he's running really hard, running r- really well. And Damian Pierce, all his snap counts and everything went shot way above Burkhead, which seems really strange. But he's at 5K, and I saw what Aaron Jones did to the Bears defense <laughs> last week. So I, I want, I do want to put Pierce in there. I just can't trust any of the wide receivers for uh, Houston right now. And, and you always tell me not to play Houston on the road and not play Davis Mills on the road. So I'm trying to stay away from that, and I'm That's trying right. to go with the Pierce, a Pierce and a Montgomery. <laughs> it, I might do that. Yeah, I mean Brandon Cooks, you can always play. Brandon Cooks, he's about the only Texans receiver that they have that's worthwhile. I do like Montgomery a lot, 5,900. Still worried that they they may try to get Herbert in, involved and still away. But he did have a, a little burst uh, against the Packers there. And, you know, he he was really the one that kind of kept it close even when it wasn't close. <laughs> so uh, wouldn't buy him at 5,900 against the 30th ranked defense. Went for, what, 15, I think, in 122 yards last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Buffalo at Miami. This was a 53-point game, Pierre. Woohoo! We get to talk about one <laughs> over 50 here. Buffalo was favored by five and a half points in this game. Uh, very interesting game to me. It's my most exciting game of the weekend. I'm really looking forward to watching this game. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take Buffalo to cover because, to me, Buffalo looks invincible. They are they – are, they are pulverizing their competition right now. Miami looks vulnerable. They looked vulnerable against New England. They looked vulnerable mm-hmm. in that first half against Baltimore. And I'm going to tell you, when I was watching the game, I think Baltimore just got dog tired. Man. I think they got really tired in the heat down there uh, in in Miami. And Buffalo may end up doing the same thing. But i got to take Buffalo to cover this game until somebody proves me a little bit different in this one. Uh, but I, I personally am going to be fading some of these Miami Dolphins, because I think a lot of fantasy players, a lot of DFS players are going to be all over these guys. And I know that sounds dangerous to me uh, mm-hmm. to fade these Miami Dolphins after such an explosive week. But I just really love these Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this game's probably going to be popular, um, I imagine, just because of the, the recency bias. So you mentioned the Bills just kind of throttling the Titans last night. Uh, that was without, you know, Gabe Davis. He didn't even play in that game. Yeah. Uh, he was running out, you know, Jake Kumaro, I think <laughs> got the second most snaps. So big, big division showdown, both teams, obviously the Dolphins were a part of the top stack, uh, last week against the Ravens. Yeah. And that yeah, they were. <laughs> so their prices didn't really go up that much. So you're, yeah. you're talking about, you know, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle. So we know they're, that's going to be who, who two was after. We know that's who he's going to be targeting. I think they're in play um, because, so let's say the, the Bills do get out in front. What's that going to do? It's going to force Tua to do exactly what he had to do last week when the Ravens got out to that 28-7 to 7 lead. It's going to force him to throw the ball. And when that happens, you know, he, he's he got weapons that can can take the top off with, with Waddle and, and Tyreek. And you look at Tyreek, 7,600, Waddle, 6,800. Those are discounts from your, your top guys, your Justin Jeffersons, your Cooper Cups. Uh, your Devontae Adams, you're going to save some salary there. Easy run back on the other side with, with Stefan Diggs and the way he's looked to start the season. The one thing that does worry me is it is a divisional matchup. Both of right. these teams are coming off a lot of points. So what's to stop this from maybe being more of a, a defensive type of battle? They, they played twice. You know, last year it was 26 to 11 and 35 to nothing. Obviously different teams. I know Tua missed some of last year. They didn't have Tyreek Hill in Miami. So keep that in mind as well. But it's quite possible that, you know, the defenses show up because Miami has a solid defense as well, even though you couldn't really tell (laughs) against Baltimore last week. So it's going to either be a a shootout, which is what Vegas is projecting, what a lot of players are going to project, or it could be more of a defensive battle. Uh, Pay attention to rostership and ownership. If all these guys are coming in highly owned, uh, and maybe stay away from them and hope the game doesn't do what it's projected to do. If no one's playing these guys, then you might want to play them again and just kind of run it back on both sides. Maybe so. I, let, me, let, me, let me just tell you, though, quarterbacks against Buffalo this year, Matthew Stafford, 29 of 41 for 240 yards, one touchdown, 
three interceptions. Ryan Tannehill last night, 11 for 20, 117 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm just, I, 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 if there's one weakness of Tua so far in his professional game is that he throws, turns the ball over a lot, throws a lot of interceptions. And to me, that's what Buffalo is going to take advantage. I love putting the Buffalo defense in places. And yes, they are expensive, but I think everybody's going to be off of them. And I, I don't mind putting Allen in there. Allen's going to always get three times his value. You can put him at 10 K. He's going to get three times his value. It feels like, and, and Stefan Diggs is still the guy I would love to do. I would even love to do a, a, a four stack. What, what do you call a four stack? What do you do there? <laughs> That's a breakfast buffet, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but I would love to do an Allen, a Diggs, a Davis, a Gabe Davis as he, if he plays, and mm-hmm. a Buffalo defense. I just I, I, I see him wiping the, the whole Miami team clean of this. I, I don't think that they're going to fall for that trap. Uh, and, and that same thing happened to them, what happened to Baltimore last week, because now they know. I just I, that's that's my that's my philosophy going into this game, and I am sure I'll stack them up going running back both different ways a couple of different times because it's just gonna be so much fun. I mean, it is. That's what that's what you gotta pay attention to, and that's where I think a lot of folks lose edge. Is it's one thing to look at the projections. Obviously, they're there for a reason. Um, it's a computer telling you the median. So on average, these are the players that should do well. But everyone's looking at projections. Everyone's playing who the projections say to play. And the, the key to kind of differentiate yourselves mm-hmm. are to, to play those that are still good players that maybe the projections aren't picking up on. And a big part of that was that, you know, Miami and, and Baltimore game last week. When you look at that actual game, I mean, what was the total? The total was not high at all. I think it was like 43 and a half, 44. Yeah. Obviously, it blew up. So if you took the chance to play your Mark Andrews, your Tyreek Hills, your Jalen Waddles, Lamar Jacksons, those are good players that paid off that other people weren't playing just because they were scared of that total. Well, I was go- I, I went against so many Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddles and Tua Tagovailoa's in every single redraft. I made I made it out alive in a couple of them. But man, that was a, that was a crazy game. That was a crazy week. It was a lot of fun to watch that. Detroit versus Minnesota. This game total is at fifty two and a half. Minnesota mm-hmm. is favored by six points. I put out a little Twitter question to the, today over on uh, the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle at Five Today with a little underscore. Who is going to win the NFC North? And uh, I put that down there, and and a lot of people, Pierre, are on Detroit. I think that a lot of people like Detroit. That may be the uh, watching them on hard knocks or whatever. But also, this team looks pretty impressive. Not necessarily from a defensive standpoint, but offensively, they seem to know what they're doing. And and they're allowing Swift to get a lot of yards before any contact comes his way. I think it's the highest in the NFL. I think it's three yards per before contact or something like that, which is quite a bit. That's a lot. I, th- I could be missaying that, but uh, that's a lot of yards. He was getting a lot of yards before contact. How do you think about these Detroit Lions? I mean, they're they're fun. They're they're fun to, to watch on Hard Knocks. Their they're coach, Dan Campbell's fun. Uh, their team's fun. You, you look at, you mentioned Swift. Uh, he looks explosive. I know folks wish he wasn't splitting as much with Jamal Williams, but he looks good. Amon Ross St. Brown picking up where he left off last year. He, he He's definitely the, the clear-cut, you know, top receiver there. Goff looks serviceable. They're a fun team. You got Aiden Hutchinson on the defense. You know, he had three sacks last week against Wentz. So they're a fun team. They're a young team. Easy for folks to root for, uh, even more so in that division. So, you know, most people outside of the Packers don't don't like the Packers. They don't like Aaron Rodgers. They don't like the team. And really, people get tired of folks winning. So the reason that, you know, Tom Brady so hated it is because he wins all the time. Right. Uh, that's why people didn't like the Patriots. That's why they don't like Tom Brady. Same goes for, for Aaron Rodgers. Even though he's not necessarily winning Super Bowls, the Packers are winning this division all the time. So folks are just over it. They're ready for the someone else to win, someone else to, to kind of step up. And the Lions are kind of that team right now that everyone's kind of pulling for. They're that 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 underdog, that lovable loser like the Cubs were for so many years. That's who the Lions are right now. And again, young team, fun team. So that's who teams are that's who fans are pulling for to to win a division. Uh will it happen? Probably not, but uh Let's have fun while we can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I could see starting a stack out here with Cousins in this game. I don't know mm-hmm. if Jefferson – I don't know if I could do it with Jefferson. That $9,300 price tag seems a lot. If we're looking for three times the value, I just I just don't know that he can get to that 27 against this team. 
uh, which is a, I think this, I think it's going to be a close game. You know, I just, I, it's an interdivisional game. I just can't see Jefferson getting loose quite like he did in that first game against Green Bay. Um, I, I, I just don't see it happening. So I, I don't know who to pair him with, but uh, it's definitely not, it's, it's definitely not going to be, uh, what's his name? He's yeah. still pairing with Jefferson. Okay. So okay. last night I made this mistake. Um, I played Josh Allen. I did not play Stefan Diggs. Because oh. I was thinking the same. I'm like, oh, he's 75. He's the only one. Gabe Davis is out. They're going to try to take him away. And, you know, what, three touchdowns 150 yards later, I am not in the money there. So don't don't overthink it with Jefferson. If, you, if you're going to play Kirk Cousins, you want to stack him with his, his best receiver. Because if Kirk Cousins is going to have a big game, you have to assume that Justin Jefferson is going to be a part of that big game. So don't don't discount, you know, Jefferson because his price range, you look at him at home, he averages 25.3 compared to 18.6 on the road. You look at his matchups against Detroit last year, 38.6 and 22.4. So even if he comes in with that 22.4, it doesn't hurt you. Uh, You want that 27 to 28 range, but 22 won't hurt. And again, you want to actually take advantage of Kirk Cousins ceiling. And in order for him to hit that ceiling, his best receiver is going to have to have a big day. Okay. I'd look for Irv Smith to be in that stack somewhere, though, to me. He saw eight targets last game, mm-hmm. had 36 yards, could have had a lot more. He had one touchdown yes. as well. And uh, he had 15 DraftKings points, and he his price tag actually went down $100 to 3100 So I, I look at Irv Smith. i got to jam him in there in a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. He even had a big play that he dropped. He was yeah. wide open, probably would have scored. Uh, dropped. They did make an effort to get him more involved and uh, kind of got rid of the with Johnny Munt, the, the the blocking tight end, a little bit more. So you hope that continues and that they continue to to build and feed him. Has a pretty good matchup uh, against the Lions defense. 31 is a good price. That's kind of the benefit of teams playing on Monday is a lot of times the salaries come out late Sunday night uh, for the games the, the next week. And so a lot of those players on Monday, even if they have a big game, they don't see that big of a bump uh, in their price because of that. Same thing goes for Diggs. So you look, he was 7,500 last night. He's only 7,700 uh, <laughs> coming up this week, even after his big three touchdown game. So you can't take advantage of the pricing being a, a day early. Well, I, I I love the looks of this golf, uh, maybe even a Jefferson and Amon St. Brown and then an Irv Smith, man. I, I love that look at this. This, 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 you can save a lot of dollars here and get some big dogs yeah. on the other side of things. I a like good that. Total, especially if, if everyone's going to be on Buffalo, Miami. Yeah, this the, game right now is a half a point behind them, so be a way to get different. Okay. All right. Well, I've, I've, you've persuaded me. You've persuaded me. <laughs> Cincinnati at the New York Jets. This game totals at 45. Cincinnati's at uh, a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The Jets and Joe Flacco really looking good. Garrett Wilson looking really good. And Cincinnati not so much. But I don't know that New York Jets have got that kind of pass rush to be able to fluster Burrow like it was. I could see Cincinnati having a real good bounce-back game this mm-hmm. week against the Jets and throwing it around. But I'm going to tell you, I, I think the Jets can throw it around right there with them, Pierre. I, I like this game as well for a stack them up and running it back a game. Hey, Smoking Joe, your your guy had a, yeah. a big one, big performance yeah. last week. Came back, beat the Browns. Uh, so yeah, this is a this is a sneaky one as well. Um, you look at the Bengals; they they have to bounce back. You know, everyone's talking yeah. about Super Bowl hangover. They're like, no. Well, now you're zero and two, so you need to figure something out. And the the first thing they got to figure out is how to protect Joe Burrow. You got to give him time to to hit his weapons, to hit Higgins, to hit Chase. Uh, even Hayden Hurst has kind of emerged. So you got to expect they're going to put some things in place. Um, really like Joe Mixon this week, uh, seventy six hundred. So he went up four hundred. Um, but this similar scenario. So Nick Chubb was a guy I played last week, and I did it because no one else was playing him. You can listen to other shows, other podcasts, look at projections. No one's playing Nick Chubb against the Jets, who struggle <laughs> against the run. Right. Three touchdowns later at 5% own, uh, Nick Chubb had like 30-plus points. So watch this with Mixon. If folks aren't going to play Mixon this week because of the, the similar thing, they're lacking other, other guys at different price ranges. You could get Mixon at lower ownership and rostership in the same matchup that Chubb was in. Uh, you can play him at, at 7,600, really like that, if a lot of folks aren't on him. If they are on him, then maybe sway elsewhere. 
That's a great point. And I, I will say to keep an eye on his ankle injury as well. I know he got hurt last week a little bit. Joe Mixon's mm-hmm. a pretty tough guy. He doesn't really miss that much time anymore, it doesn't seem like. So I think that he's going to be out there playing. But just keep an eye on that uh, incident report. doesn't have a cue by him right now or anything like that. But th- I think as the week progresses, we could see him getting some rest. So, But I, I love that call, Pierre. As the wide receivers go, uh, I, I like the stack up. I, I like a chase. I like a Higgins in this. Uh, I think Boyd has been replaced by uh, Harris, uh, Hurst, Hurst, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. I think he has been replaced as Hayden Hurst as one of uh, Joe Burrow's favorite targets, but that's probably because he doesn't have a lot of time to throw and Hayden Hurst is right there around <laughs> the line of scrimmage. I mean, seriously, but he's yeah. getting the targets. He's getting the usage. So I do like that. And then there's plenty of uh, run back options for the Jets. And I think you got to put Garrett Wilson in there as one of those guys at 5,400. I don't know if uh, Corey Davis is still seeing the targets. That's fine. Um, and don't fall for this is not the Michael Thomas. This is Mike Thomas for Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the same, but that's a that's the issue with the the Jets that has me a little concerned is they they have talent at wideout. So you mentioned Corey Davis. You know he's he's really good. He's gotten you know, 13.7, 16.3, went from 10 targets to four. So his big touchdown kind of saved his day uh, last week against the the Browns, but. Garrett Wilson, rookie, took him in the first round. Kind of the flip. You didn't see much of him uh, in that first week. And then, boom, he explodes next week. And that that doesn't even take into account Elijah Moore, who many thought was the best receiver uh, on this team heading into this this, uh, season here. We'll see how he comes out. So maybe this is his week. You had Garrett Wilson last week. Corey Davis had two solid weeks. Maybe it's Elijah Moore week, but good, good options to have. Uh, obviously with with Flacco there, if he can continue to deliver the ball the way he's delivering the ball, this could definitely be a a game to stack because even if the Bengals, let's say they get out in front, kind of similar to how the Browns did, you know, Flacco could be forced to throw um, and he has guys that can can catch, that can uh, put up points in a hurry. So we'll we'll see how it plays out again with ownership, rostership, but this could be an under-the-radar game that I like as well. C.J. Uzama, i got to mention his name. He hasn't done anything all season, so he's a forgotten guy. But at 2,800, this is a revenge game. And, you know, Joe Flacco's that veteran quarterback. He knows all about that. He's had a lot of revenge games himself. And so this might be one of those C.J. Uzama falls in the end zone thing. Tyler Conklin totally has the target share there in New York and and, uh, looks like one of Flacco's favorite targets. But I will have to put that in there just in case, you know, somebody wants to go with that narrative you, you can you can do that I <laughs> it's guess. there way to toss it out there just in case <laughs> yeah well i got there i got there las vegas versus tennessee this game totals at 45 and a half vegas is favored by two and a half what a just a, you know it seems like a heartbreaking loss last week for them uh, in this whole thing i thought dude threw the ball by the way i thought the arizona cardinal guy threw the ball before he got to the goal line you know to, to clinch the game <laughs> yeah. I, in real time i was like he threw it he threw it and I, I guess you can't make that call and he probably did cross the line but and Tennessee talk about a team that needs to bounce back Vegas 0-2 aren't they 0-2 right now I think yeah. they are yeah I think they, they are. are with with Devontae Adams so it's a lot of a lot of a lot of smoke there with with Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr to, to get off the hot seat this week yeah and this is in Tennessee this is one of those weird games where I think Tennessee has to have but they just Pierre you and I went over all these different rosters in the offseason and we just looked at after all you know after free agency and the draft and everything it seemed like so mm-hmm. many names went to so many different places and so we familiarized ourselves by breaking down each division and their rosters and you and I walked away from this Tennessee roster going they got nobody you know to be able to play offense with other than Derrick Henry and really I think that showed against Buffalo last night Vegas yeah. though is not the Buffalo Bills defense how are you stacking this game up? Are you having any piece of this? Are you going to go ahead and go with Vegas? What are you doing, man? So I don't I don't like Tennessee um, from a, a player standpoint. Obviously, you got you got Derrick Henry. You always have Derrick Henry, but if everyone's keying in on Derrick Henry because Tannehill has no one to throw the ball to, then you just can't play Derrick Henry. Right. So even even with the the Raiders, like they they still have a solid you know front line. They got Crosby. Um, up front on the ends. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can play any Titans because they look awful. The Colts look awful. The Titans look awful. They were both projected to to kind of be the the leaders of the AFC South. Both teams look horrific. Um, but the the Raiders are, are desperate, so you got to expect them to come in desperate. You got to expect Adams to get more involved. He he kind of like 
he got the early touchdown last week, and then what? Disappeared. Disappeared. And you know the spotlight's on him. He left, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So you just now seen Aaron Rodgers get in the victory column uh, with guys that aren't Devontae Adams. So he's going to want to get in the, the victory column as well uh, without Aaron Rodgers. So I think it'll be a big bounce back spot for Devontae Adams. We just saw what what Diggs was able to do to this secondary there in mm-hmm. Tennessee. So if Carr can get him the ball, I do like Adams quite a bit. Uh, Renfro could miss this game uh, as well. I think he's potentially in the concussion protocol after that last hit that caused the fumble there. So Adams Waller uh, will be who Carr has to lean on. And McDaniels is going to have to not be conservative and actually try to get in the win column uh, here against the Titans. Yeah, it's it's a desperation mode almost. It feels like in yeah. Vegas because they did. They poured so much money into Adams in the offseason. They got to use him. And I don't know what happened to him against Arizona. But Arizona, they, and I'm, I'm, I made a little note of this. They seem to have a tendency to take away that number one receiver. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And they don't play any other defense on anybody else. But but they do it. And I'll tell you, Devontae Adams has really helped out Darren Waller. I think that $5,800 price tag, though, might be a little bit too rich for my blood in this game when you got to have a bounce-back game against uh, a, a terrible secondary like this. I think they're going to want to pay off Devontae Adams this week. As far as a run-back goes, Pierre, uh, Traylon Burks, he's the guy that's really emerging there in Tennessee. And at 4,900, it seems like he could get some of that garbage time uh, points. But, he, I mean, there's just not enough volume there in the Tennessee offense. They're they're three and out every single time. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, it has to be Burks or Woods if you are going to bring it back. But this, this could be a situation where you just don't bring back anybody <laughs> on the Titans. And you just hope the Raiders blow them out. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that's where you are. Philadelphia at Washington, 48 point total there right here. And Philadelphia is only favored by six and a half points in this one. A crazy game. We know that guy's going to have that whole Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts oh, kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, this is going to be a fun game too, just from that kind of perspective. And, and Jalen Hurts is really emerging as a stud in the NFL world, not just in the fantasy world, which we all kind of saw last year, but man, it looks like this, this is his, the world is his oyster right now. I mean, I don't want to say a Philadelphia Buffalo Super Bowl already, but man, it just seems like it's trending that way. And even the run game for Philadelphia looks really, really good. How are you looking to stack this up? Because Jalen Hurts seems pretty cheap to me at 7,600 against the Washington defense that just really isn't that good. Yeah, it starts with it starts with Hurts. So you got to look at him. 76, given how he started the season, still a really good price tag for him. Saw his rushing upside last night. So he's gotten, what, 24 and then 37. Washington's defense, as you stated, doesn't look great. They just gave up a big game to to um, Jared Goff last week. I think he put up 26 fantasy points through for what, four touchdowns himself. So really, really tough, unique situation here. Good total, 47. Carson Lynch revenge. Uh, I do like the Eagles defense in this game, too. Uh, I like the way that that Slay looked last night, you know, covering Justin Jefferson. So maybe he could do the same for like a McLaurin. Uh, the, the the commanders are still giving up quite a bit of sacks. You know, we saw Hutchinson, you know, come up with, with three sacks himself last week. So it's tough, but I like a lot of a lot of options here. I do like Hurts. I like A.J. Brown uh, still in that, you know, seven mid seven K range. Devontae Smith, you know, finally got a, a part of the offense uh, last night himself. He's a good price at, at 5200 So um, who else we got? Goddard. It'll probably be the other one. So those are probably the main yeah. three from a pass-catching standpoint. Don't play Miles Sanders just because Hurts still all his touchdowns. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you're familiar with the Skip Bayless clip when he's like, it's my turn. He told me it was my turn. <laughs> That's Miles Sanders every time they're in the red zone and Jalen Hurts runs it in. So I would play him, but I would play Hurts. And his main pass catchers, uh, Brown, Smith, uh, Goddard. You can even look at Quez Watkins, who got behind the defense a couple times last night for big plays. Yeah, only two targets, though, for Quez Watkins. And, and (laughs) yes, in this situation, I was thinking about this, Pierre. A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith – is it safe to say that in a, I want to call this a high-powered offense, at least it has a lot of volume. It seems like they, they have a lot of long drives each and every game. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you just go with the secondary guy in this case when it seemed like it flip-flopped? Uh, first week it was A.J. Brown. Second week it's Devontae Smith. It seemed like to me that was more of the focal point. Do you always go with the cheaper guy here and just save some money? Or what's your philosophy on that? So I try to play the best guy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't I don't want to go cheaper. I want to play who I think the 
the best and most talented because they're the best and most talented for a reason. So with this, that would be A.J. Brown. Uh, the one caveat to that is rostership ownership. So okay. if everyone's playing A.J. Brown at that point, you you kind of lose any leverage you, you, you would have, and it becomes more beneficiary to then play Devontae Smith. Because if A.J. Brown doesn't have the game that everyone's expecting him to have, and it is Devontae Smith. That's the that's the the leg up that you now have on the competition. It's kind of what we saw, you know, last night as well. When you look at that game, it wasn't like AJ Brown was bad, but he wasn't he wasn't great either. They didn't even to be great. He went for five and, and sixty nine, whereas Devontae Smith would have saved you roughly, you know, three thousand dollars in salary. Went for seven and eighty. So those are just the situations, depending on who's playing who. Which, as the week develops, you start to see ownership, rostership percentages come out. That's when you then start to make a decision on who to play. Uh, otherwise, I just play the top guy. Good fantasy advice as far as running it back goes. There seems to be a couple of options there. Terry McLaurin is the I would say that the, the I don't even know if he's the best player there anymore. You just said about the best player. I don't know if Terry McLaurin is, but man, I, I, it seems like I could save some dollars if I go with Samuel and Dotson if I'm trying to run something back, especially if I go with Dotson, Jahan Dotson, just emerging as a star right there. And Curtis Samuel gets so much volume each and every week. Yeah, and that's kind of the situation I just talked about. So if everyone's going to be playing Samuel, who's looked really good. Okay. Dotson, who's looked really good. You may want to go to McLaurin, especially if folks aren't going to play him because of what they just saw uh, Slay do to Justin Jefferson. So those are those situations that you kind of have to think about. I think you can play all three um, if you're going to play Wentz for sure. The the tough thing is I do like the, the Eagles defense, the Eagles yep. secondary, so I yep. might stay away from Washington. Okay, okay. Uh, that's, that sounds fair. I'll still... I'll probably still play Dotson, uh, the, uh, Jahan Dotson. <laughs> He's got to not catch a touchdown in a game to prove That's me true. wrong. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so I might hear it out. So. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, Jacksonville and the Los Angeles Chargers, not the Los Angeles Clippers, which were running through my head as I was looking at that, uh, <laughs> are the next game on the slate. Jacksonville, and uh, this is a 48-point total, and the Chargers are favored by seven points, Pierre. That seems like a lot, but, man, if it wasn't for – uh, Jacksonville playing those Colts last week. I, I don't know that this point total will be so high. This this Charger defense is really tough, and I just I haven't seen the you know the Jacksonville Jaguars play all that well except for last week. I think that was an anomaly kind of a thing. I mean, it's an anomaly every season except against the Colts. Like you can look back at the the Jaguars history, and they'll be they'll be o for fifteen, and then they'll get a win against the Colts. We haven't won there since like. 2012 or something like that. I think Peyton Manning may actually still been the quarterback last time he won there. No, it was like luck. It was luck. It was eh, 2012. Something. Either way, I, I'm not a big fan of the the Jaguars either. Um, it could be a closer game if Herbert can't go. Uh, obviously, he had the the issue with the rib cartilage, or I believe he had fractured rib cartilage. Sound like he's going to play. Uh, but if for some reason he missed and they have to turn to, to Chase Daniels. It could be a game of field position where the, the Jaguars could be in play, but I do like the Chargers defense. They have the pass rush with Bosa. Um, they got your guy on the other side there. Can't think of his name for some reason off the top of my head, but came from Chicago, was in Oakland. Mac. Mac. Yes, there it is. Uh, they have him. They have a good secondary, Derwin James, Shante Samuel Jr. So I would probably avoid the Jaguars this week because the Chargers are not the Indianapolis coach. ETN seems like it, there's a breakout game coming, and I, you have taught me many a times to be ahead of that instead of being behind that and chasing the points. And I just, it just feels like, I mean, he's got nine attempts, twenty yards last time, uh, only three targets last week, but four targets the week before. Big plays all over the field for him, it, it just all over the time, you know. It just so I just think he's there. I think it's right there. He's at fifty four hundred, and a lot of people won't be on him. I, I, I don't know. It just it one of these weeks. It's not gonna be against the Chargers because the Chargers are really gonna step up defensively in this one. Uh Eckler's price tag seems too much at eight K as well. I haven't seen him get to twenty four yet. This might be the week, but I, I just I can't believe in it. Yeah, I don't I don't like the usage for either of those guys. So yeah. James Robinson's a concern for, for Travis Etienne. And then they just don't seem to want to use Eckler like they did last year. I, I want to say they're trying to save him maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, for later in the, into the postseason. He's not really a bruising type back anyways. He's he's more, you know, fit for the, the passing game and 
you know, you kind of seen that go on the play when they were trailing the Chiefs there late. He kind of got nine catches there. But until he can see the usage that you need him to see, I, I wouldn't play him. And I'm not a fan of Etienne as long as James Robinson's healthy because he looked pretty okay. good himself. Okay, right matchup. I'm just saying I'm going to pick on him one of these weeks. Uh, on the wide receiver room over there for either one of these teams, I'm not sure who to pick. Christian Kirk looks like a stud at 6,200. I don't know that he can get to 18 against these Chargers. I, I know I'm going to take Williams if Keenan Allen's not in there, but if Keenan Allen's in there, then I don't necessarily know that I want to take either one of them. This just looks like a game script where they're not going to have to throw the ball around a lot, and then they're not going to give the ball to Eckler a lot. So I, I don't know. It's really going to be tough to stack this game. It's interesting, and what makes it interesting is the Herbert situation. So even with with Allen, if he's back, we don't know how healthy Herbert is. If they're going to try to protect him and, you know, maybe not have as many throws and maybe Eckler does get involved, or if he's just going to be fine. And if so, you can kind of pick on the, the Jaguars. We saw Wentz, you know, in week one, tear up the Jaguars secondary. We didn't see the Colts do it because we stink. But we, we did see Wentz do it. You could see Herbert do it as long as, you know, he's healthy. And that rib cartilage is, is healing and, and kind of heals up and they protect him in the pocket. Okay. Well, outside of Scott Fishbowl, I hope they, because uh, I got Herbert in Scott Fishbowl. I just hope that the Chargers wrap him <laughs> up in bubble wrap and don't play him. Hey, I'm 2 0, by the way. 2 0 in the, the Scott Fishbowl. I think it's 4 0 because they have a median a median score that you can beat. But yeah, I'm, I'm undefeated to start leading my division. So good job. Kyle I'm going to back me. I'm one and one uh, there. I lost by just like two or three points, I think, last week. Somewhere right. in that neighborhood, Diggs really brought me back last night. Uh, the other guy he just had a, he had a great week, and it was really hard to do. I, I mean, I had a bunch of points, so I don't know. There's not much more I could have done other than start somebody other than Paris Campbell. I can start Paris Campbell. <laughs> Paris Campbell. You know, I had, hey, that's Paris your own Campbell. fault. It all lines. <laughs> what am I fault? I mean, one target, just one point. One point. Give me three points. Three points. Hey, uh, great. Yeah, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. This game totals at 41. I don't want anything to do with this game, Pierre. I really don't want anything. I know Leonard Fournette looks and sounds like he should be able to run all over these people. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe he would do that against New Orleans, too. New Orleans has got a really tough defense. We saw with David Montgomery against Green Bay Packers. And I want to suspect that Leonard Fournette is going to be able to do that in this game. But he just – he, I, I, those reports in the offseason said that he wasn't in shape. Remember that? Yeah. And he, he kind of runs around out there on the field. It looks like he's not in shape is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's getting the volume. So that's the, the one thing that has to interest you is he's getting 20-plus carries. Uh, you think about the fact that Mike Evans might miss this game as well. He could be suspended because of the, the, the Marshawn Lattimore altercation that he had. So that'd be one less weapon uh, for Brady. You look at what Montgomery did to the Packers. As you mentioned, he had a pretty solid game on the ground. Fournette even tweeted out, you know, sorry to my fantasy owners. I'm going to try to get you touchdowns. Oh, really? You know, the touchdowns are coming. So, you know, now you will, you definitely want to play him because he's, he's um, paying attention to his, his fantasy owners himself. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think they signed Cole Beasley today uh, as well, just in case, you know, Tampa Evans can't go. Yeah, Tampa signed All Cole right. Beasley um, today as well. So another weapon there. But I, I do, I think Fournette's the, the one guy I may play. Because of the volume he's getting uh, as a running back, but also because of his tweet and him being <laughs> conscious of the fact that he's not scoring touchdowns right now. And I will say this name again. It's just one of those names, man, that pop up. And I said it last week, and I know it sounded – but Bashar Perryman, and I don't know that he can necessarily get to three times his value. He could be right there at it. At, at, he's at 4K right now, 3,900. And last week he was at 3,200. Caught that touchdown, got behind the defense, saw five targets, 13.5 DraftKings points. And once again, if I'm just trying to jam somebody in there, but I think I would go away from this game and try to go to a different game. I'm not going to buy into the Julio Jones narrative in this thing. When I I know Julio Jones looked okay, okay, that very first game. But but I've watched Julio Jones his entire life, I feel like, in, in football yeah. from Alabama to Atlanta. And whenever he would go down to the ground in that first game, it took like it, it, it looked like it got took everything he had to get up off the ground. So <laughs> I just don't like the Julio Jones narrative in this. I'm going to stay away from him. 5,600, it seems like a long time since Julio Jones has been at 15 DraftKings points uh, or more. So I'm just I'm staying away from that. Yeah, it's just tough. Uh, Mike Evans is gone. You know, Brady doesn't have much to throw to. Beasley may help, but he hasn't even really practiced. Maybe a Perryman or someone like that. But I think you're right. You probably want to stay away from this game. 
Except for the Tampa Bay defense. I will take the Tampa Bay defense <laughs> all day, all night. True. That is, they what look a, really good. That, that is. Well, all right, next game, Los Angeles Rams versus Arizona. We're two games to go here. We're going to get this done in under an hour. Unless we're over an hour, then we're not. Uh, but it's, it's, <laughs> this game totals at 49 and a half. The Rams are favored by four points. I'd, I'm not impressed by the Rams. I'm not impressed by Arizona at all. This one looks like a shootout all over the place, Pierre. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Rams will be able to do this. I'm glad they backed up what they said to get Allen Robinson a little bit more involved. So I'm not scared from him hardly at all, especially with what I just said earlier. And nobody's going to take away Cooper Cup, right? Nobody's going to take away Cooper Cup. But no man, it seems what. like yeah, it seems like those secondary guys are the guys who kind of benefit from this stuff. And so maybe we do look at an Allen Robinson. But if you think back to the tight end situation with Darren Waller against Arizona last week, this one might line up for a little bit Los Angeles Rams. Tyler Higby, Pierre. Yeah, I like Higby. Um, he's seeing good targets here as well. Uh, saw 11 and 9 in back-to-back games. He can play Cooper Cup every week. Like, yep. you're, you're really, you probably should if you can afford him. Uh, his price tag is actually bringing down his owner and rostership quite a bit. So that's, that's a way of getting unique. Um, as I kind of mentioned, sometimes you just play the good plays and let everyone else figure it out. Um, I think he got what 34 points last week, which, you know, hits, you know, three times the salary, even if, if he does actually get to that 10 K mark. So definitely play cup. (laughs) No one's taking him away. I mean, he's, he's open. All the time, like every time Stafford throws the ball, like Cooper Cup somehow is wide open. (laughs) So, I mean, last year, again, he had a 34-point game against these same Cardinals, um, had a 17-point game, but the Rams kind of blew them out. Um, And that's possible. I still don't think the Cardinals are good. Um, The Raiders were really in control of that game, and they kind of let, you know, Kyler and the Cardinals come back late. Um, But they haven't looked great. In either game, I don't feel that being the the Arizona Cardinals, uh, the Rams still have you know solid defenders. You got Aaron Donald in the middle. You got Jalen Ramsey on the outside. So I mean they can take away some some players there with the Cardinals. So I'm not I'm not big on the Cardinals. I got to see them play a full game. James James Conner you know got hurt. I'm not sure if he's going to play. That could open up some value with like a Darrell Williams in the backfield, but. Really, other than that, I'm, I'm more on the Rams side, Stafford, Higby, Cup. Um, I'd even be worried about Allen Robinson. They may have made him happy that one game, and now <laughs> they might just go back to just what they know, which is Cup. Maybe so. And and I, it's hard to trust Kyler Murray, like you said. It seems like it's all garbage time points whenever the other team's in a shell of a defense or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were to look at one of these running backs, because James Conner is a little bit banged up, I think it's got to be Williams. Williams seems to get – he got all the third down looks anyway from what it felt like and from what it looked like on the stat page. And he looked like he got all the red zone looks too whenever I look back at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't do Benjamin. It definitely would be uh, Darrell Williams. And we know from his Kansas City days that he can he can catch the ball. He can punch it in from the goal line. So if there was one, he'd be the one I would play. But just watch the Connor news. I know he was still standing on the sideline late in that game. He just didn't go back in. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind Marquise Brown. Seems like his tag, the price tag is down there at 6K. Could have had a, a couple of bigger plays there in that mm-hmm. game, and it really could have blown that out. Could have gotten that 20-something uh, DraftKings points. And and we'll go ahead and say it again this week. If if uh, Rondell Moore is hurt, then you can go to Dorch. If Dorch is, yeah. if not, just go to Rondell Moore, maybe at that 3,600 if you're looking for that cheap run back there. I, I really like that play, actually. I like I like a little more action at 3,600. <laughs> Yeah, if he plays, I'm not sure he's he's ready. It's a hamstring issue, which usually is a few weeks. So you can't go back to Dorch. You can go to Ertz as well. He's gotten good volume. Uh, he got a touchdown early on, but they really were targeting him, even more so down the, the red zone uh, yeah. during that Raiders game. So I wouldn't mind uh, Ertz also at 4,600. Last game on the board here, Atlanta at Seattle. This big game, boy, we got to talk about this. How we're going to end with Atlanta, Seattle? I should have <laughs> rounded it off somewhere else. Forty-two point total. Seattle is favored by two points in this one. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because Atlanta's got to go across the country or something like that, and maybe there's not a really big defensive presence for Atlanta anymore. But that is a try-hard team. Atlanta is, and I, I told you they were a little bit sneaky there with the Rams, and I know it was all garbage time stuff, but they're not going to go away. This game, I, I want to stay away from it, it feels like, in all this sense. But, man, if if, if Seattle's going to have a breakout game, it's got to be against Seattle. Two games or against the, the Atlanta Falcons, two games on the road playing out there in the out west. It can't, can't be that easy. Yeah, this is – I don't like playing teams 
at Seattle. Like that that fan base, the 12th man, it seems like they just they bring something different. We even saw, you know, Russell Wilson coming there week one. And <laughs> even though he threw for like 300 plus yards, they couldn't really do anything other than kick field goals out there. So that would be my concern with the Falcons. Mariota, he's always interesting because of his rushing floor. Like if he actually takes off, he can get you some 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 points with his legs. Kyle Pitts, you know the the darling of the offseason, uh, yeah. hasn't shown up. The <laughs> the coach says we're trying to win real football games, not fancy football games. They're they're not doing either, <laughs> but he's not getting the ball there with Pitts. Uh, Drake London obviously had a really good game last time, so he's someone you can look at. I still like Pitts in the matchup. Uh, I just need to see him get some targets. And then I do, I do like Seattle on the other side a little bit. Not sure I'm big on Geno, but I feel like Metcalf or Lockett could have a big game. We've seen the the Falcons really give it up through the air. Obviously, we saw it with the with Robinson and Cup. Uh, we saw it week one with the the Saints when you had you know, Jarvis Landry went for over 100, Michael Thomas two touchdowns. So getting a part of uh, the the passing game for the Seahawks if no one's playing a Lockett or Metcalf could be a, a good way to be different also. Yeah, with Tyler Lockett having a big game like he did last week, 22 DraftKings points at 5,800, seems like a good one. But that also makes me go, okay, DK Metcalf cannot be happy with that. And we've seen him be a squeaky wheel a time or two on the sideline and everything. Uh, so, yeah, looking at that, I, I want to play DK Metcalf at a 5,800 instead of, or I'm sorry, uh, DK Metcalf at 6,100 instead of Lockett at 5,800. But something interesting here, Geno Smith is priced at 5K. And Drew Locke is priced at 5K as well, Pierre. Uh, I wonder if the writing's getting a little bit more clearer on the wall. <laughs> they're just they're just taking care of us. Something happens. It's it's smart pricing because what you don't want is something to happen to to Gino, for example. Let's say in practice, and all of a sudden you get like a 4K Drew Locke. So they more do that when it's a pretty close competition or or when it's possible someone could get yanked, just to make sure that the the value isn't too too easy for the rest of the population to play. Wow. And if you look at this, another weird one, Kenneth Walker, the third is priced at 5k and Rashard Penny's down at 4,900. Isn't that weird, man? I mean, and then uh, Homer's at 4,800. It's just weird looking at that running back room. I can't trust any of those guys, but boy, what a deflation there hitting a, a penny, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> in this economy, I guess it's really see, tough. He's just, I'm starting to really like Seattle now that we're talking through this game. I don't think I can do it. I don't know if I have the, the cojones to, to stack up the Seahawks, but given their prices and given their matchup, I really like the Seahawks, at least as one-offs. So okay. Okay. I'll just say well, that. Well, that's what the dime contests are for, Pierre. That's what the dime <laughs> Yeah, this is true. It's hey, do true. that in our Dreamer contest there, buddy. Do that in our Dreamer contest, if you don't mind. Okay, give me a little clear path. <laughs> Hey, uh, while Pierre gets our lineup together here that we like to build early on a Tuesday afternoon, which is really kind of tough to do, I'll remind everybody, please like, please subscribe, please share the show whenever you have an opportunity to. Tell your friends about the DFS Dreamer podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You can just put that Fantasy Impact Today uh, into the any whatever listening platform you like to listen to the podcast on. You can find that. You can also find the Baseball podcast on there, which is really a fun contest. We talk to the weekly winner each and every week, and they get a. it's always fun to be able to talk to somebody brand new who maybe has never done a podcast and a lot of times we'll have experienced people on that podcast as well being able to chop it up a little bit about the upcoming week but make sure you follow pierre at peewee 31 you can follow me at loafnet don't forget to follow the show at fi today with a little underscore there all right pierre build me a lineup here buddy ro this is a tough week i'm not gonna okay. lie but i'm i'm gonna start um with matt ryan reason i'm gonna do that is his price he's 5200 um Everyone thinks the coats stink. Uh, they're in a third highest total right now. So give me Matt Ryan, 5,200. Going to – who do I pair him up with? I don't like anyone to pair him up with. But uh, <laughs> give me Fournette. I'll just go to, to Fournette right now. Okay. Uh, I do like what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. He seems motivated to get in the end zone at home. Uh, not a lot of weapons for Brady. Uh, I want a part of that Minnesota-Detroit game. They're indoors, so I'm going to take the two top – receivers there that's going to be justin jefferson and amon ross st brown so give me them uh to, to kind of have some correlation give me give me naeem hines i'm going to pair him up with with ryan i think he's going to be a little more involved uh frank wright's got a lot of heat 
on the fact that he came out and had like the first three or four catches of that game and then didn't, didn't see the field. Um, he's more of a, the pass catching backing with Taylor there. So if we even get behind the chiefs, uh, give me Hines there to, to pair with Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I want some, I'm on the Seahawks. Who do I want for the Seahawks? I'll go. I think I like lock it better, but I'll go Metcalf uh, here with the, the Seahawks there at, at 6,100. Give me Hayden Hurst. So we talked about Uzama, uh, his revenge spot. You could see maybe the Bengals, you know, kind of show him he shouldn't have left and take the money. So I okay. give me Hurst at 3,900. Need a defense. I really like the Eagles. Um, but for right now, I'll take the Bucks at 3,100. That defense looks really good. And let me round it out with uh, Matt Collins. Give me a part of that, that Raiders offense. He saw a bunch of, of snaps. Renfro could be out. I think it'll probably be Adams week. Uh, well, let me just round it out with, with Matt Collins right now. So Matt Ryan, Leonard Fournette, Naeem Hines, Matt Collins, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Hayden Hurst, DK Metcalf, Buccaneers defense. Hey, I like that. And the Buccaneer defense definitely is one that I'm going to be targeting this week at 3,100. Uh, that just looks really nice. Hey, good job, Pierre. Thank you so much uh, for making another hour-long DFS Dreamer podcast here, not only for me, but for everybody else. So I appreciate all your hard work, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always good to talk DFS and football in general. Yeah, especially on a Tuesday afternoon where we're looking way in advance at the next at the Sunday slate for the main slate. Make sure you enter into that contest, and I'd love to be able to get that up higher just to make uh, life a little bit harder for Pierre as he has to watch the Colts uh, <laughs> do some things there, and I have to watch the Bears do some things. At least we can turn over to the DFS Chamber podcast contest for the main slate on DraftKings. Thank you so much for DraftKings for putting all this on as well, but more importantly than all those other actions that I've mentioned over the last couple of minutes, Fit Fam, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.